Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, wherever you are, however you are, and whatever it is that you are doing. Welcome back to Within Thin Lines. My name is Vince Castaneda. I have Tyler Frank and Ronald Ives. We are the co-hosts here for Within Thin Lines podcast. Welcome back. We understand it's been a little minute for us. Uh, all of us individually having our own little programs and courses that we are going through for our careers. We have finally, and I guess just well overdue, have met up and decided to put little content behind the microphone. With that being said, I wanted to express our sincerest apologies for the delayed push for content. Uh, it's definitely well overdue and <laughs> almost, I hate to admit it, almost two months of uh, going MIA there. But we are making the comeback and trying to organize some more content here. We have a lot of things of, uh, or a lot of ideas up our sleeves. And ultimately, we are excited to be back. Without further ado, welcome to episode or even better, series three of our podcast. So, let me stop it here, because the first little segment of our recording, I do want to talk about what's new. Sure. So, I want that to be incorporated. I'll leave out the whole relationship aspects. Yeah, <laughs> Nobody needs to know that you're being a quagmire. Uh, so I've never had Let... this problem before, Vince. Like, Hey, man, it's it's a rough life, bro. Like, I get it. Someone's got to do it. I get it. it. Someone's, someone's got to do it. So let's scratch, rewind, flip the disc, go to side B, and begin. So Randy, over in Detroit, how's everything been? It's been almost like a month and a half. Uh, I don't want to say it's been two months. I hope it hasn't. It's kind of uh, shameful. But I know we've been busy, especially me. Um, I've been gone a little bit for some military leave. But how's everything for you in Detroit? Uh, everything is good, my friend. Thanks for yeah. getting us back together doing this again. Um, yeah, for sure. The uh, it's been at least a month or t- month or two. Uh, I had to find mm. find all this gear that we just paid all this money for. <laughs> get it back up and going okay, there. Man. For sure. Uh, just uh, finishing up some education stuff. Been real exciting. Been real busy. Uh, yeah, I saw your uh, your post on Instagram or Facebook that today was your test out practicals for the fire academy. How'd that go? Went uh, went really really well. Everybody in my class there passed. Uh, okay. We had a all, all good, um, a good day, a good turnout. Uh, definitely, we were well prepared by the instructors to come in and, and take care, knock this test out, to take care of it. Sure. Uh, sure. And that, I, How many stations were there? Uh, Twelve stations. They had set up. Twelve stations. So okay. Um, this we just felt very, real comfortable with it. The uh, the instructors were there helping us through it. Uh, it I go back and do it right now. Have no issues. Uh, we hmm. were we were prepared, and I, I haven't been able to say that too often about uh, initial education, where we come in and like we're ready to go, like we were, sure. we were all of us were 100% confident, and we all passed. So 
There's a I've few people about the awesome. written that were concerned, um, but I, that was another. That was a, a test where I feel as though I probably could have challenged it. It was not um, anything crazy, but uh, okay. I'm glad I was went through the education, went through everything, and glad to say that I'll be uh, joining the red flag uh, guys there. So, the thin red line, line. community. Yep. Yeah, buddy. Congratulations, man. And then you've got uh, you're in critical care as well. How's that going? Uh, definitely had been put on the back burner uh, for yeah. get this fire done. Oh, sure. But I got a few weeks left here to get things cleaned up, and uh, we're gonna get it knocked out of the park. Okay. You know that all of us and probably a lot of audience members are gonna be there to help you out if you have any studies um, issues or struggles. The so. acid base, man. That's what's up. Ah, oh, uh, yeah, I know. Like, so, IMED. Uh, shout out to IMED. Speaking of IMED, so uh, Chris, one of the owners there, um, we've been reaching out to him for a while. Him and I have been talking, and uh, he's more than excited and willing to be in a plug for us in a, uh, an episode. Because he's got some content he, he really thinks that we would love to talk about. And uh, it's kind of about the toxicity of, like... Uh, within the members and the community sometimes we see and most importantly some things that may have happened on social medias um that you tend to see a lot and i think it's gonna be a really good uh good episode content for the near future so, very excited about that yeah for sure i know this is kind of a uh, impromptu episode it's just we were thinking about it and we're like man it's been a little too long i think we need to kind of keep the audience members on their toes to kind of know that we're still thinking about them and want to push content so here we are. I know Tyler's not here. Um, he is actually doing, I don't know if it's his first or second, but he is drilling with the Michigan National Guard. He enlisted. Um, he is, I believe he's going to be sent out in September for basic training. So until then, he's got to do the one week in a month. Um, they kind of just, I think it's called RSP, if I remember right. Um, you're kind of just planning and they kind of give you the right information and right tricks to be ready for basic training. You know, how to stand at attention and formations and some of the knowledge that you should know, um, or at least that will really benefit you as you're walking into basic training. So that's where he's at right now. He couldn't uh, join us. Maybe we'll get a phone call later. I definitely asked him earlier this morning that he's got to send us a selfie of him uh, being all hua. So we'll see how that goes. Um, I'm excited for him. That's myself, awesome. I know it's a, it's gonna be a new chapter for him. I think he's really stoked. He's got two brothers that are in it, and uh, he he's following that that lead as well. You know, it's something that's definitely in the family. So he's excited. Um, new with me, <laughs> been gone. I think I've been the reason why we put a the parking brake on the uh, podcast because I think what all of March I was gone for advanced leadership course in the army i was over in kentucky for a little while great experience um very interesting content in the sense of uh hmm. i learned more from the people i was there with versus the actual content of the information but i'm not gonna bash it it's uh it's what it is but met some great people uh, made some good friends and uh, anything that goes in that thin line community you know whether it's military fire ems or pd or anything medical um, I'm sure we could all relate that we have a tendency to build stronger relationships in these communities than we tend to do with civilians. Um, I don't know, maybe it's like a understanding, you know, I don't know what it is. So 
Um, but that, that'll lead us into a subject matter that we're going to talk about here today that we'll, we'll introduce shortly. So, but yeah, that's what Tyler's at. That's where I've been at. I went to go visit my old man in Mexico last week, um, Costas Carreas, which is two hours, no, three hours away from Puerto Vallarta. Um, beachfront, did a little fishing, just relaxed, stargazed, drank all the tequila I wanted. So, had a good time. Was, Hadn't seen my old man in like a year. So. I saw your pictures down there, and I was like, "Wait a minute, <laughs> we're supposed to be uh, we're supposed to be recording stuff. Like, what are, what are you doing down there? And why aren't we recording from Mexico? Like, oh my gosh, man, it was. I wish I, I thought about it. You know, I thought about bringing my stuff, but I know where we were at is very um, secluded from these signals and internet surfaces. So, so um, it was a very hit and miss. Heaven, then? Is that what? Oh my! I would. I think that is going to be my retirement plan. I want to buy myself a boat, and uh, I'm just going to move out there and T minus I don't know 18 years, so. 38 years, sure. <laughs> Double rack the pensions, get out of here. Yeah, that's 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 probably where I'm going to be at. But it was it was a blast, and now I'm back, and uh, I'm in a rope tech class. That's about two weeks for Chicago. Um, great class, ropes and knots, and you know, the technical rescue stuff, that's definitely my niche. Um, great experience. You know, it's just talking about building systems and how to properly uh, repel and climb uh, a system of rope and how to manage a uh, victim. Um, so it's, it's great experience. You know, it's been, it's been long days. It's Monday through Friday for two weeks. And then, uh, yeah, and other than that, just killing it with that. I'm on the, uh, I'm on the boat for the summer for Chicago fire. So, which is also a blast. Um, I love being out on the water. So, pre-gaming my my water captain's um, experience for when I retire. You know, so. So, what about you? Anything else? Anything else exciting? Anything else you want to share? No news? Just getting after it. Mm. No tattoos? Nothing new. I got a tattoo when I was in ALC in Kentucky. So I have a tradition. Uh, a few of us have a tradition. Um, but for me, anything like a course or a mission or whatever, if I could get an opportunity to get some ink, I'd get it done. So I got myself a little axe and halligan because I realized I didn't have a uh, a fire tattoo yet. So very impromptu. I just joined a couple buddies that I made there and went to town on our day off. And I was like, hey, it'll be cool if we get tattoos. And they were like, yeah, let's go. So we did it. <laughs> That's probably where more than half of my tattoos came from was a very impromptu moments or hold my beer moments uh yes that too <laughs> so um but yeah let's lead first things first that i want to touch base and i want to make a tradition for our episodes is to talk about the first responder communities in fallen heroes um, so for this week, and there is a, uh, Instagram page that I recommend everybody to follow and keep an eye on. It's the, um, the first responder benefit association USA. So F R B A USA. And, uh, they talk a lot about the benefits and organizations that kind of promote the families of the fallen. And they, what I appreciate for them is that they really give a heartfelt, um, shout out, to the service members who have lost their lives in, in a weekly basis. And unfortunately, that's where we're at, is it does happen on a weekly basis. Um, so in more detail, 
from this week alone out of the Iowa State Patrol, we have Sergeant James K. Smith from the Jefferson Davis County Sheriff's Office in Mississippi. We have Deputy Sheriff Thomas Patrick Barnes from Ohio DNR, Wildland Firefighter Selene Rosenberg from Shelbyville Volunteer Fire Company in Delaware. We have the Fire Police Officer Laura Madera and from the Clear Spring Fire Rescue out of South Carolina is Firefighter Tyler Warfield. So short moment of silence and short moment of respects to them for their ultimate sacrifices that they gave to the thin line communities and in thoughts to the families of the departments and their immediate families of those members. With that being said, there is always a sense of relationship, friendship, brotherhood, sisterhood within these communities. And something I sent you, Randy, earlier today, um, I know it was kind of not too long ago, so I don't know if we really got a chance to look into it, but it is an article that someone wrote talking about the difference between military or that can be seen in fire, police, EMS, um, the friendships you made there versus some of the friendships you make in the civilian side. What were your thoughts if you had a chance to look at it? It was very accurate. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. I think it just kind of goes to show the real brotherhood that you guys have, that you guys build, because you guys are nothing without each other. So uh, definitely more from the civilian side kind of can see and then kind of be able to see with uh, – what you guys have talked about and your experiences and stuff like that. It's spot on. It's pretty funny. Sure. So like when I relate and I'll talk about some of the, the highlights on this article that someone posted, um, sorry if I butcher his name, but Zachary Fontenot, um, I saw someone shared his comment on Facebook and it's, it's a pretty lengthy comment, but he kind of explains the differences in a humorous form, um, between the civilian and military friendships and when I say military, like I want to adapt that into the all communities that we've we've spoken for. It's not just military because I see that in fire, I see that in EMS as well, and even law. Um, but it's you know, like for example, there there's one. The first one is civilian friends. You know, they call your parents Mister and Mrs. And when you talk about the military friends, they call your parents Mom and Dad. You know, and it's, I see that and uh, I, I felt that and I see that in, in reflection to my friendships that I have that maybe they aren't in the service members, um, which is not a problem. You know, I'm not, I'm not bashing it. I've, I still have some really good friends of real type uh, friendships from grade school. Even, you know, there's like six of us from grade school that we have kept in touch. We try to do, we've been slack in the past couple of years, but we try to do a biannual uh, reunion, you know, we just kind of go to a cabin in Michigan and just play video games and act like kids again and order pizza and just whatever, you know, just have a good old time. Um, but then there is a difference when, like in my class for rope tech, you know, some of these the people there, um, Chicago is a big department, so you don't, you don't really get to know everybody in what time. Um, so I met a lot of people from different houses and different districts and, um, it seems like automatically you have a, a connection, you know, that it's kind of unquestionable, almost like you knew, you've known them for so long. Um, 
you know, even talk about the when I went the ALC. You know, I I, I met I met a couple of people that I felt like it was like, yeah, I've I've known you my whole life, you know, but we just we just met, you know, it's just uh, I don't know, it's it's a weird sense, and I wish I could call somebody here um, that's a civilian and maybe doesn't experience that and see how they would reflect to it, you know. It seems like there seems uh, to be a little bit of a barrier when you first meet some some of the people that aren't in the community, and um, almost like a hesitation. You know, like almost like you're maybe a hesitation for yourself to be like, I don't know if I really want to truly open up because maybe they're just not going to understand. You know, it's hard to talk fire with somebody who doesn't do fire. You know, it's hard to talk EMS for someone who is, you know, not influenced or not exposed to the things we see. You know, the last time I was in a group of people that weren't in the community, I made a joke about, you know, a typical call we see. But that's what we do. We have dark humor. You know, that's how we, we cope with some of the stuff we see is we make jokes about some of the stuff. But to people who aren't exposed to that kind of thing, they kind of look at it like, what the, you know? So, I don't know. What are your thoughts on it? We're not uh, normal people. Um, <laughs> and your no. normal people don't last, especially uh, in the day-to-day, um, hour-by-hour um, shift work that we put in. Um, we're, we're just not designed for this. And I, I don't want to say that or give somebody an excuse for being an asshole. Um, but you know, you do joke about things and, um, that's how you get by. That's how you, you have to, to kind of release that stress or whatever. Obviously you can do it respectfully or not, but I think some people also just need to realize that we're not bad people like. It's sure. not like we're, we might make jokes, but we make jokes about everybody or anything. Um, and it's, it's, uh, you got a call there, buddy. No, you're good. <laughs> uh, <laughs> just, uh, we're not bad people. Sure. Like we're just, we, we have to have our guard up. We have to have our defense mechanisms up. Um, and we have to be able to uh, vent and relax. And some that's different for everybody. Yep. Absolutely. You know, had, did you get to read the whole article? I did. Like all the differences? I did, yep. You did? What was your favorite? What hit you the hardest? Let me pull it back up real fast. <laughs> One that made me laugh the most was... Um, I mean, a couple of them, but there's one that says, you know, the civilian friend will knock on your door and see if you're home in order to come in. Whereas, like, your community friends would just walk straight in and be like, I'm home. You know what I mean? <laughs> they, just, they just invite themselves. And there's no question, you know. But, again, there's no – it's almost like an expectation. Like, you know, my place is your place you, anytime. You know, like, even if I'm not here, invite yourself. You got the code to my, my back door. Like, I don't care. My, my pit bulls. You know, they may look aggressive because they're pit bulls, but they're just, they probably would show you around and probably direct you to where the dog food's at, you know, because they're fatties. <laughs> but <laughs> uh, probably the one that I relate to the most when you brought it up already, it was uh, uh, calling your parents mom and dad because uh, mm-hmm. I do that. I've, I've done that for years. Uh, be introduced to somebody uh or even like a patient on scene and their parents are there or something i'm like hi mom and dad i'm randall the paramedic um or i'll go over to a friend's house or uh 
meet somebody's family member and I'll just introduce myself and call them mom and dad or grandma, grandpa. Um, yep. The funny one, funniest one was this top one. The uh, civilian friends, they tell you not to do something stupid when you're drunk. And then your military <laughs> friends are, I'm going to go ahead and say fire police EMS friends. Uh, they will post 360 security <laughs> so you don't get caught. Now that's a friend. Like exactly. That's, thank you. It's exactly, exactly. And that goes to the same thing for like civilian friends bail you out of jail and tell you that you did wrong. Whereas military and fire and EMS and all that friends will be sitting next to you in jail saying, damn, we fucked up, but that was fun. You know what I mean? Cause they'll do it right alongside with you. You'll be there. So it's, uh, it's, it's factual, and I'm sure you and I have shared a lot of these moments too. So, Create, created a few of these moments too. Oh yes, yes sir, we did. Yes, sir. <laughs> and they got one, you know, the whole like uh, your civilian friends and your relationships and your <laughs> your military friends and all that probably have spooned you more in the field than your girl did. <laughs> yes, yes, it has. I I remember in basic training, I probably had cuddled. Uh, or been cuddled more than I have by any relationship. So it's uh, hate us or join us. Whatever. It sounds like okay. you need some more time in the bed, but okay. Um, the, yes, sir. No, yeah, that's that's definitely a good one. Um, yeah, mm-hmm. that's a good one. Mm-hmm. No, it's exciting, man. So I will post this in the comments for everybody to look at, but just relate and um, just enjoy it. But again, I'm not just enjoy it. Just it's enjoy funny. it. Yeah, enjoy it. It is funny. It is funny. They gave I don't know, he's probably got maybe a dozen and a half of a uh, of little comments like this to kind of reflect and it's like, yep, that is true. That is very true. So other than that, let's uh let's move over into the current situations. Have you or let's talk about work experiences. Let's name some stuff that you've experienced. And something I wanted to like put a little more emphasis on is the training aspect. So what's something that you've trained or prepared for in your careers and you finally got an opportunity to put that to use? I know that's a tough one. Somebody in the background is getting after it. Yes, sir. Go get them, brothers. <laughs> is your is your uh, a hoopty on fire out there? Are you good? Hey, oh, I'm good. I'm peachy. <laughs> um, I will definitely say my my neck pillows have been getting a lot of use lately. A lot of training on that lately. There in the in <laughs> the truck go. there when you got you know you got nobody else to cuddle up to except for the truck. That's true. You don't cuddle your partner in the back of an ambulance. Um, not anymore. No, yeah. not anymore. They, you say no, but your head is shaking. They, yes, they okay. tend to frown on that. I guess. Um, <laughs> yeah. Yep. Well, we'll just we'll jump away from that. What happens in Detroit stays in Detroit. Okay. <laughs> or all of Southwest Michigan, right? Yep. Anyway. <laughs> Uh, oh goodness! Training wise, yeah. <clears throat> well, I I've been excited for this uh, to do this fire stuff 
Uh, I mean, I got in a fire department sure. right away when I got at my EMT when I was 19. Uh, yeah, I was still 19 at the time. Um, so, like, and I just never had the opportunity of actually going through and getting the getting the uh, bookwork education side done. And uh, I was very happy to be done with that now. Uh, and now I'm going to be able to use these skills and be able to do more do more stuff. I'm really excited about it. Sure. Um, Let's think about your paramedic uh, experience or EMS altogether. Is there something that came up? You know, because we always put a push for training and um, the emphasis of why it's important to progress your training and prepare. But it's almost like, you know, I thought I had a reflection when I was gone on vacation in New Mexico. I was like, you know, I, we train a lot. You know, we prepare a lot. But until you get to really use it, you either A, realize that you've lost a skill because you haven't been practicing it, which is sad. Um, and it's not always your fault, you know, because it's not like some of the skills we practice are going to be valid for everyday situations. Um, but B, it's just like I hate to emphasize on training and then to leave this taste in your mouth of like, am I really going to see this? So for like for me, for for example, um, ropes and knots. You know, I know I just took a class, but I took a, I had a rescue, or not a rescue, a ropes ops class a little while ago. I took one in Michigan, and I retook it here. Um, and that's like the basics of ropes. You understand the knots and all this and that. Um, and when I got assigned to the, the boat here, you know, and it's, yeah, we don't do a lot of ropes and knots, but in water stuff, yeah, there's a lot of ropes, you know, how to prepare and, and launch and, and, you know, hook up and all that to docks and everything. It's... I got on that boat and I felt very well exposed to it. You know, just I have rope everywhere. I mean, there's probably actually there's one. There. I'm sure you do. Huh. I do. I do. Oh, <laughs> good for you. I was not kidding. I, I know, man. It's just, it's everywhere. And, you know, for me, and I, when I first became a firefighter in Michigan, and there was a, a guy on our department who really liked the ropes and knots. And I think him and I, we, I think we took a course together. Um, but Don Bailey, he's one of the guys on Hopkins. And um, his thing was like, he, he loved to practice it. So when we worked on the ambulance together, he'd have a bundle of ropes and bring it in for us. And if we had some downtime, we would just practice our knots, you know, and we both had the same um, aspiration towards it and ideas like this is the stuff we're going to lose. You know, you, you know how to tie your shoe because you're doing it every morning, you know, but it, unless you're working EMS. Because zipper boots, boots, baby, all day. <laughs> <laughs> but, but, you know, like the there's a lot of stuff like how to, I don't know, how to try tie a... Uh, a clove hitch. You know, like I didn't that's that's something you're gonna forget until you actually keep practicing. So I've got two bundles of ropes in my Jeep. Um I've got obviously I have one here. Just different stuff, you know what I mean? You gotta understand how to how to do the job. So it's Good uh Good it's, it's <laughs> to me, it's the uh it's and here's my dog looking at me like, Are we going for a walk? Are you holding a leash? No, but um to me, it's it's it goes for fitness as well, you know. And and I, if you look in my living room, next to a Peloton here, I've got these push-up bars that you put on the floor, 
And what I do is I leave them in the middle of the floor. And anytime I'm walking across them, I stumble on them. I'm like, you know what? I'm going to knock out 10 push-ups every single time. It's, it, it almost like makes you practice it. It almost makes you do it and build up a habit or else you just lose it, you know? And, uh, when I was in the, uh, the course in Kentucky, I volunteered to step up and take a additional, um, project for my class. And I was the, um, it's a P3 performance triad, um, NCO, NCOIC. Um, so you're kind of in charge of like holding a course, uh, a little small segment and you're teaching and influencing people, the importance of fitness, importance of sleep, importance of, um, nutrition. And I feel like that's something I've always grasped. You know, once I made that huge transition in my life, um, and I talked to them about it, I was like, you know what, but, but yeah, you know, I, I kind of led this little course and, and thing. And I, my biggest push was that I'm not trying to educate people the, the importance of it. Cause I, you can't change that if they don't, if they, they don't see the self-importance and, uh, influence on it. Like you, you're not really going to be able to change their minds, but if you encourage them and show them like how it how effective it could be um maybe you'll have a little bit of a a mindset thought for them and i told them the same thing i was like i put my push-up stuff and when i was over there we had hotel rooms i put it in the middle of my hotel room so every morning if i had to go brush my teeth or go to the bathroom or go in and out of the room they were right there and sometimes i would just stumble across them and kick them around i'm like oh crap now i gotta do push-ups um that's how you build on it so same thing with ropes and knots you know unless you really make an effort and doing this, sure, maybe not every day, but maintain it, maintain your training. Um, that's where you're going to become fluent in it, you know. So I'm sure you're pretty fluent because you just went through the fire academy. And I'm positive they had a, a rope section in it, you know, how to tie off a, um, a ladder and hoist up uh, an axe and all that. There's techniques to it. <laughs> Unless you didn't do that. No, we, we had some of that for sure. Uh, they right. kind of went easy on us from what we're being told that we only had five different knots that they wanted us to learn. Um, so there's a few okay. knots that, uh, they're going to show us here next week. We've got a little, like a little bio week sort of thing. And, uh, they're going to show us, show some more stuff. Um, the, the bowling being the biggest one that we weren't required to learn that. So, yes. uh, I know it's one that you want to know so you can, uh, if you need to jump out or if you need to, um, fail out, like some stuff that you really need to know to to do that but um yeah they didn't require it so they also didn't require which i was told was different um there was no timing like you were not timed putting your gear on um there was, it was we were not timed for that so i'm not sure if that's just something that people just continuously failed or what the issue was it sounds like they um they would rather people do it right the first time versus trying to just quick rush and put it on. Uh, mm -hmm. whatever, but yeah. Interesting. I mean, did you guys even practice yeah. it? Yep. Okay. Just not in a time uh, fashion. competition fashion. Yes. Um, and actually, okay. um, the, the one, the last, last competition I actually won. <laughs> so, yeah, oh, all to, right. That's a glow. Uh, the glow. The, the we had a an eighteen year old guy. Um, he uh, we were standing in in formation or whatever, and he's like, "I will, I will uh, um, bet 
that I can I'm faster than any everybody else here. And I looked at him and I'm like, I'm not I'm not the oldest guy, but I'm not the youngest guy either. I'm kind of mid pack there. I looked at him and I said, Bet. I went up, no kidding. Went up in front of the class off. and then uh it was actually meet myself, another guy, um, older guy, and then then this guy. And we you know, so you had the top watch in front of the class, the whole deal. Um we uh we started, got uh you know, flying, putting stuff on. And his actual suspenders came undone. So then he just like stopped and was like, well, let's do it over again. This isn't fair. And the instructor's mm-hmm. like, this is life, dude. Like, figure it out. Like, the, the truck's still going with or without you. Like, like get, exactly. get your, fix your suspenders. Do what you got to do. Like, let's go. And so then we were able to. I probably wouldn't have been able to beat him otherwise. But <laughs> I'll give I, I gave him credit about that. I was like, eh, I probably wasn't going to be able to beat you anyway. Sure. But the um, it was the point of the matter, and he he learned a big life lesson right there. And I think a, a few other people in the class did too. It's like it doesn't it doesn't matter. Sure. Like get your, get your shit. Let's go. Like there's something on fire. Somebody needs us. Like it's time to it's time to roll coal. Whether it's fire, whether it's medical, whether it's law. Um, anything those situations do not discriminate on age you know or gender or culture or religion or any of that you got a job you do it period no so that was that was a lot of fun it was definitely uh some team building exercise there for sure sure absolutely We'll go with that. Um, have you seen um, that they're uh, go they're going to do this North American Active Assailant Conference again? I saw that you yep, shared we're it. Going to be doing that here. We're uh, going. This... It's actually going to be the October thirteenth to the fifteenth. It looks like. Okay. Uh, the new dates. You want to? Yeah. Oh, this year. Oh, no kidding. So, okay. Uh, looks like on March no 27th, kidding. they put out a post, which wasn't seen by very many people. I'll have to share it. Um, yeah, so at least they're, they're still going to try to put it on this year. Sure. No, it's exciting, man. So we need to book it. Do you have the date already or no? I'll just share it on the face, Facebook um, and then I'll share it again. The October something thirteenth. You know that that might be a little bit of an encouragement to hit hard with us. Because what if we had our we own? Could booth? do our own booth. Yeah, you know what I mean. And bring some of the swag. I know you've been working on decals. Uh, I've been working on some ideas for hats. You know, um, and just to like promote us you know like i know they're probably big organizations bigger than us right now to to really own a booth because they're trying to sell products and this and that but like it would be cool if we even had a little booth where we recorded some sessions you know just a one-on or a three-on-one kind of thing just like hey tell us about your history where you're from you know and stuff like that so i'm sure we can't always talk about everything that's gonna be shared at this act of assailant for those that don't know what this is the uh what would you call this the conference, um, huge, you know, if you're, if you're in the communities, 
I would definitely look this up because they actually reflect on some of the world um, active assailant situations and they get those members and even the victims to come in and share the story um, because you could train on this aspect, you know, through textbooks or hands-on training. But when you really get to hear firsthand from the people who were involved and they te they're telling you the advice, you know, how they did things or how they would have changed things. Um, to me, there's no more credible training than that. So I think it was a great conference. And this would be our, you and I went last year. Two years ago, yeah. yeah. Two years ago, or last, last time. We, last we time. Uh, they canceled last year. <clears throat> yeah, and then this, I, I went two years, I went two times before that with uh, Traverse City Fire. Um, I think our chief found out about it, and he sent a couple of us out there who were really into it. And to me, when I was in Traverse City, like I was myself and uh, one of the guys there, we kind of led the active assailant um, attribute of our training. And like we progressed and got, you know, like body armor and kits for for us to prepare. Because, yeah, we're not going in into the hot, hot zone, you know, that first response kind of thing, because it's going to be law. But we're going in for that initial casualty collection um, and initial treatment. So heaven forbid, knock on wood, never need to use it. But like everywhere else, everybody has some mentations like we're not going to need it here. Until you do, so amen. Amen to that. And he uh, he <clears throat> really didn't do it justice. The uh, the conference there's through, like thousands of people at this conference. They fill up this church. They feed you. Uh, they have presenters that come in. <laughs> they feed you. <laughs> uh, that's the the big thing right there. They feed you. Uh, they have these these people that yes, come sir. in um, from all over the country, all over the world, uh, that break down and do a complete breakdown um, QAQI review of these incidents. And it's, they have like officer camera, they have the investigation breakdown, they have the um, pictures, they have the diagrams, they have the detectives that were on the case, the guys that were first in the door. Um, they have, it's just, it's yes. impressive. They go, they take hours and talk about each one of these uh, incidents. And it's just, it just really, really breaks it down. Unlike any training I've ever been to, it was very, very highly worth it. And they give you uh, continuing education credits for it too, so that's nice. Um, absolutely, absolutely. And it's worldwide, you know. Like I think last time we went, there was uh, the the police department from like Thailand were there, and they were telling about a situation they had. I know Toronto you know, was there. They had their when they had their masks. The guy running people there. over or whatever. Um, but yeah, no, just from everywhere. Mm -hmm. So, so. Obviously, this is not open to the public for obvious reasons. Um, you have to be in some sort of uniform branch um, in order to attend because there is a lot of classified information and um, content that is not made to the public, you know, but it's made to us because any opportunity to learn or better ourselves as a department, we need to take it and we need to embrace those moments. Um, there was one particular... I'll share real fast. Uh, it was one of the shootings down in Florida at the high school. I don't remember what the high school was. Um, it was, it was a really, really nice high school, whatever. They had one kid going around shooting everybody. Um, maybe something something like that. So there was a body cam of this one officer that arrived. He was first on. 
like within a couple minutes after the 911 call. And they showed him getting out of his car, going to his trunk, and then putting his vest on. Well, down in Florida, yeah, it's hotter than hell, et cetera, et cetera. But they really paused that because he t- took a couple minutes to get his vest, you know, get his vest on, move his camera around, the whole deal. And he got berated um, by the uh, other uh, law enforcement guys in there for, like, if you choose to not wear your vest, like, that's your, your choice. But you, you cannot, like, there are kids getting slaughtered in this building. You need to go. Like, you need, you. there's no, like, waiting around for backup. Like, you have to get in there and get the job done, neutralize the threat. Um and I, I was really set back by that on the EMS side because I'm like, we're over here staged two miles away. <laughs> but, uh, like, these guys were just getting after this, you know, getting after this guy. Um, and really not, you know, in the present- presentation. It was a professional, you know, they were professional about it. But it was it was talked about, you know, the, the actual us sitting in the crowd. Um, and it kind of, you know, puts you, you know, into perspective a little bit. Like, I mean, as a paramedic in my my view of things like i would go you know absolutely right behind law enforcement i would have no problem going in right behind them um because i do want you do have that training do want that training you know absolutely uh but you know from a law enforcement side like you gotta go it was it was really something yeah and that uh that goes for our careers in fire you know, I hate to say it, but how many situations, how many people do we see on the job that they assume it's like, oh, this is just a fire alarm. Like it's going to be I'm nothing. Not put my they gear don't put on their mask less. on. Yeah. Right. Right. And how many times do we see it where they open up the door and it's like, oh, okay. <laughs> and now they're wasting precious time because they assumed because either it's a repetitive call or just a known area, even a patient. You know, how many times do we go to a patient's like, oh, man, we deal with this every week. And then this one time is the one time we should have been on our A game. You know, and that's, there should be a push when it comes to education and be like, treat every single situation, regardless of how many times you've been there, as it's going to be the worst. Yep, absolutely. So, and it's monogamous, but like, that's, we're here for a job. Like, we're getting paid to do this job. Like, you, you just do it. Um, and I'm been guilty of that, yes. you know, a couple of three or four a.m. calls, and uh, it's they're just they're, it blows my mind that people are would even think to call nine one one for these issues. But it goes back to not being our emergency. You know, it's not our emergency; it's their emergency, uh, and we have we have to do our jobs. Right, the, the public expects that from us. So um, it's yes. do what you can for them, and like just it is what it is. Like you're you're on the clock; you're getting paid. Get after it. So being humble in our careers, like you and I, is there a, an instance where you could admit this fault? Um, which which one are you referring to? You have to be a little more specific. Either one. No, no, like any situation where you've admitted like, hey, I, I've woken up and like took this as a repetitive situation. But then it's uh, oh, yeah. significant. Last week um, we had t- taken a patient in uh, for COVID issues Um Got him in the hospital. Got got back. Uh, was real excited to get back. Just just finished report. Laid back down. Um, literally just put my head down on the pillow. Like like literally, God strike me down. Like it, it touched my ear, and then our uh, station Zetron tones were Boom. going off for the same address for the patient's wife. 
and we're sitting here. I'm like, I got, I've been up all day. Like I'm on like a 36 hour shift. I got class the next day. Like I'm just not feeling it. Um, and so I look at my partner and we just get in the truck. We don't even say anything. We're just absolutely just beyond pissed. And which wasn't good either. I mean, she, you know, that's someone's, you know, someone's emergency or whatever. So, I mean, it's not, we got there and, uh, it turns out like she, uh, actually she started having chest pain, like legitimate chest pain, uh, when her husband left, when we, we picked her husband up an hour and a half before this. And we, you know, we of course, you know, asked the obvious question of, you know, why didn't you just come with us when we were here? Well, she was too worried about her husband. And so she didn't think about herself. So got her, did all the things for her, got her hooked up. Um, no, uh, history of SVT, but she was in clearly an AFib. Um, so she's got a new onset of AFib, but she was having chest pain the whole deal. So like it went from, you know, just BS in this call, just getting it done with to, oh, wow, we actually, you know, need to do the things, do the things for this patient so that she can, she can start to feel better and everything else like that. So, um, yeah, no. So, and it's just kind of one of those those moments where it was like, yep, yep, it caught me. So guilty. Sure. Sure. Um, there's uh, there's been instances for me. You know, I think uh, <laughs> I've definitely learned that I need to gear up every single time. And every oh. since, what's up, Tyler? Uh, there he is. What's up, big dog? Good. Uh, Welcome. Be back. Pleasure having you. So, how was drill? Yeah, it was good. Second. Yeah, was this your first one? Second. I knew it. I was, I, when we started, I was like, well, Tyler's not here because he's he's drilling, and I think it's his first or second one. But, and what'd you learn today? Uh, patrol formations and movements, and then some PT and some other nice. class stuff, sharp stuff. So, nice. Sharp stuff. Sharp stuff. <laughs> What uh for those that don't know what sharp is, Sexual could you explain? Okay, yep. It's the uh the army's um response program and how to handle, how to defeat, and uh how to situate for. And that's actually great because there is a video I would definitely share with you guys that the army uh released and um it's pretty pretty deep, pretty big pretty big, so but welcome. I'm glad that you're drilling and exciting. You're over at Fort Custer, right? Yeah. Yep. Nice. Are you with the unit? Or are you drilling like an RSP? Kind I'm of an location? RSP. This isn't my unit. Will be Ypsilanti. Okay. Cool. Yeah, that's right. So. That's right. Well, <clears throat> well, as you're walking in, um, we'll pause from our conversation that Randy and I were having, and we'll we'll reloop there. And now that you're here, because I think you're going to have some good conversation with yourself too um let me write this down but share what's new with you brother and uh like where 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 have you been and what have you been doing for the month and a half or almost two months that we haven't really done much so what's new and tell us some of your work experiences that you've had it's uh it's been a crazy couple of months there i know it's kind of hoping to get back and kind of keep my timeline going with this thing but um, so recently I, I definitely started running on the truck a lot more. So I've been picking up a lot of ambulance shifts and mixing it in amongst my, my own business and work schedule. 
So that's been pretty fun. Um, took on some newer roles. Um, at this point, I'm kind of the acting deputy chief at Hopkins now, so that'll go yes, to the sir. board Tuesday. Wow. But, so that's wow. Been, that's, yeah, right? That's, that's been interesting. <laughs> White helmet time. I know. It'll be a little... Uh, little dirty i don't know it won't i'll clean my helmet but it won't be bright white oh no <laughs> off white you, hey man that's some of the smoke uh tarnish mm-hmm. that you need to yeah. earn yeah. you can't carry somebody else's so but yeah no it's been good because i you know i'm kind of young for that role but in the rural setting it's it's a little different you can't be you know pick and choose and there's not that climb the ladder um mentality sometimes uh, there is but it's not like age and seniority age and seniority and you know rural fire and even ems doesn't go all the way like it does at other places where you accrue it and it goes into like promotion type points so um the sure. you know, kind of the reason i was asked and 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 pres- you know proceeded to go with forth with it was because of my ability to kind of maintain relationships and kind of build structure. You know, we you have a They're lot cohesion. of good leaders that are very good fire firefighters and uh, they, you know, they can pick up on tactics and visions for how they want to grow apparatuses and uh, training and how we do things and the, the fire services ever changing but uh the ability to build personnel kind of fit my wheel home a little bit for who we have at the time so that's kind of where i am it's kind of a glorified hr person now really but um but it's been fun um we got to kind of change things up because the chief has just changed as well it's not just this position the kind of the the our chief uh, tim mckinnon has stepped down as of April 1st, he's still on our department, so he's still an active member, but uh, Robert Kerber has stepped in sure. as chief, and we're kind of building off that, so it's been Well, I couldn't think of a guy who deserves that, you know, been a part of that department since he could walk, uh, and, uh, you know, you're going to be able to recruit people, you know, you're more our age, and you're going to be able to, you know, work with these people, and... Um, and it's just what a great a great situation. Look at us go, guys! Like all all doing stuff with our lives and being productive. And uh, so so, what's your uh, what's your call sign going to be? Yeah. Chief two. My call sign. Four zero two. Four zero two. Okay. All right. Four zero two. Yeah. Four zero two. That'll be four zero two. Yep. Yeah, we have a number system. Yeah. So. 402, 4 means Hopkins, and then obviously we follow the number structure from 1 on down. So nice. It, we changed our structure, too, a little bit. Uh, in the past, we've had lieutenants and sergeants, and that, that currently the way we have it is we have the, the chief and the deputy chief, two captains, and then we'll be looking to fill some lieutenant spots, but not like a traditional lieutenant role. Our lieutenants are going to, you know, for what works for us being rural and the, you know, staffing we have, basically the lieutenant, what used to have job responsibilities and station management to keep them from kind of burning out 
it's going to be more of a uh, we're going to try you know pull it, pulling our senior and mature firefighters that have been on that can operate in the incident command structure that, that we can trust and we know they can follow out tasks on scene and everything just without the as many station responsibilities as they used to have so so and they'll be able to rotate a little bit more it's not like they get the lieutenant position gets married to a person you know once it's there and then you know if life life happens in a rural department you know if they have kids they're gonna step away or move or something that you know or, or even just they're not able to to make the call volume they once used to that position can kind of turn over a little bit to who is at the top of their game, you know, that's still a trusted, you know, respected. So, sure. um, so it's kind of different. We're going to kind of give that a whirl, see how successful that is. We were kind of burning out some of the lieutenants because they, at the old system had a lot of station requirements on. So the top four officers, chief on down, have kind of taken on more. So we all kind of got new responsibilities and, just trying to make that lieutenant, the two lieutenant spots, um, kind of flexible for them, and just let good firefighters be good firefighters, and not have to manage so much. So, sure. But yeah. Oh, good, good for you, man. Congrats, brother. Well deserved. Hell yeah. Ah, thank you. Yeah. I got other other stuff with you. I know you said. Ooh. Okay. Are we gonna hold, we're gonna open up our own uh, fire and EMS academy then? Is that what I saw? What I hear? I did a lot this month. I won't lie. I was buried in the on top of the roll switch. Took the state fire uh, yeah. instructor course, passed that. So got my paperwork in. They have they make you you got to teach a little bit as a probationary, like twelve hours, and then you resubmit it, and then yeah. be state certified fire instructor. So they just changed that all up Phenomenal. in the state of Michigan the way they do that. Uh, this last October, so it's kind of interesting. So nice, yeah. very nice. And I heard they well, I didn't hear, it, but you told me you went down to Florida for a little vacation, saw some of your photos. How was that? I, I snuck one in there too. I was uh, yeah. solely, I think, for my wife's sanity. So it was good. Sure. It's kind of in-law hitch along, but there you go. Good time. Kids had fun. Good needed family time. Mm-hmm. It's like myself going to Mexico. It was uh, very impromptu, very short notice. But when I realized I was, I just broke past a year from seeing the parents. I was like, I need to go see them. You know, so yeah. you got to make you got to make priorities for the priorities. So absolutely, yeah, yeah. It didn't look like you had to sacrifice too mm-hmm. much while you were there, as far as comfort. No, that was phenomenal. <laughs> I saw Randy earlier when I talked about it. I was like, I think that's going to be my retirement location. So I'm gonna I'm gonna buy a boat and just go down there and fish and hire a whole bunch of crew members and just run our own little uh, run a little shebang down there. So there you go. Polish off all the tequila bottles that we could find. Yeah, I'll be rude <laughs> not to. So hey, right? <laughs> so no, that's great, man. And then uh, anything good with uh, EMS? Uh, EMS is good. There's nothing too new with us. They're looking at buying a new ambulance, but uh, no, hmm. I just get to kind of picked up some more hours, and my role there is just kind of supportive. They're they're trying to transition from a they were an all volunteer then to a paid on call system back when you yeah. and I ran, and 
now they've hired their first full-time employees, so they're trying to make that transition to a set schedule with hired personnel. So my sure. role, because my, my work schedule is my own, and as busy as it is, I, it allows me to be flexible and pick up shifts here and there when people have to, you know, last minute still kind of step off. Or I've been picking up in and sure. odd hours there, and it's been fun. Uh, sure. That's good, man. And kind of talking about your, uh, your, your promotion there on Hopkins, you know, as a deputy, something that I kind of had thought about, you know, when it comes to the job and I'm sure all fields could relate to this really there's, and I'm not going to talk like I'm the old salty guy, you know, like I've, I've got a couple years on Chicago here, but in career wise, it's a little over 10 now, um, cumulative, but it's like, uh, there's two people I meet on whatever departments I work that I really look up to. And that's the very old salty guy on the job who knows everything because he's experienced everything. I look to him for the experience and him to the stories and what he he's done. But then I also look up to the newest person because they're, they're trained and they are taught the absolute newest information when it comes to fire science or it comes to EMS, you know, everything's changing every year. <clears throat> there's something new to the job that once you're in, you kind of, unless you really promote yourself and input yourself into training atmospheres, you're not going to know about it until you experience it with the person who's done it, you know, done the newest stuff. So, um, you know, I think with you going in as a younger guy, you're going to be able to be that cohesion of like, okay, Instead of being old salty people, let's reflect on today's age of the job, you know, and eight, Randy and I talked about it, eight, the, your, your fire, your EMS, your law, your situations, they don't discriminate on your age, you know, they don't discriminate on your culture, or your religion, or your gender, or your background, they happen right then and now, and you need to be ready as right then and now to perform.